0: and throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, ends zone. Touchdown. touchdown Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown
1: Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25, pitches it it back to Wycheck, he throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something, he's got something, he's got it, he's got it, he's got it, he's got it! In zone, touchdown Titans,
0: there are no flags on the field, it's a miracle!
1: This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, with your host, Drake Colley. Welcome into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm your host, Drake. In the studio this afternoon, February 1st, Thursday, with Clayton the Claw running the boards. Thank you for joining us as we are broadcasting from sunny West 7th Street in downtown Columbia on 101.7 FM, WKOM. And uh, like I said, first day of February, January's gone. We've got 10 days before the big game, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. As San Francisco is holding steady right now at minus two. It, was, it was started out at two and a half, moved to one and a half. Now it's back to two with a 47 and a half over under total. And my question is this. We were looking. I was looking at the MVP odds for the Super Bowl. And you know the favorite for the MVP odds are?
0: Probably Pat Mahomes,
1: but Sam. So the MVP, you would think common sense would tell someone that the MVP, I guess ninety nine point nine percent of the time is the winner comes from the winning team. So why? So my question is, why is San Fran favored? But if you bet on it, the the but the favorite MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Darlene Connors, whatever you want to call them. I don't so does, what, what did the odd so, makers
0: really believe?
1: So the odd makers and the way I kind of picture this is, first of all, look at the geographic placing of where the Super Bowl is going to be played in Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Four or five hour drive from the state of California. You're gonna get a lot of influx, a lot of San Fran fans. Yeah. San and for the most part, California's You know, whatever, the largest state and most people and largest economy, whatever the deal is. uh, Not far from Vegas, as opposed to Kansas City, a much smaller market, probably less people going to be going to Las Vegas and placing bets on the game. So, really, if you look at it wagering-wise, I feel as though they're kind of giving – they're kind of penalizing San Fran a little bit, and you're getting a you're getting a little extra bonus by taking Kansas City, which I would never bet against Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, who who in their right mind would bet against Patrick Mahomes? I mean, the guy is fourteen and three in playoff games. That's a eighty percent clip winning percentage. I mean, you, you you'd have to be out of you'd have You'd have to be drunk, out of your mind, high, I don't know what, but you'd have to be a a little jacked up to bet on Brock Purdy right now, uh, who's never been in this type of big big game, big limelight. Patrick Mahomes has been there ever since he got in the league, ever since he's been a rookie, looking to win his third Super Bowl title. So I'm just saying, you know, that's kind of odd. I think San Fran. The reason their only reason, and they're just favored by two points. It's not like they're favored by six, eight, ten, nine, twelve, whatever. They're just favored by two points, which a field goal would easily cover that one way or the other. But why are they favored? But pat their. But the opposing team's quarterback is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP.
0: You think it's art? Artific- you think that that line's kind of
1: artificial? Well, I just. I don't know. I just feel as though they they feel they're going to get a lot more action from the San Francisco and a larger market like the Niners than they probably are Kansas City. I, I mean that's that's the only thing I can figure. That's the only reason they would set it that and then have your MVP favorite being on the other side. So, but anyway, it's something just different to look at when it, when it comes to the game and, and betting it and and trying to figure out how Vegas thinks and where they think but i mean that's the only that's the only deduction i can make from looking at those two the the game line and the mvp who's patrick mahomes so you all take it for what it's worth going into sunday's games um but anyway in the NCAA basketball since monday Ooh, now uh tuesday night the number five Vols uh, came out a little flat against uh, South Carolina, and you know South Carolina is eighteen and three, and they're not ranked. Their head, do,
0: their head coach came from Chattanooga, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. He was the head coach there. He's done a heck of a job.
1: I mean, they're eighteen and three. They won in Knoxville, mm-hmm. sixty three to fifty nine, despite thirty one points from Tennessee's all American uh, forward. Lottery pick. Um, Dalton connect as he scored 31 with 7 rebounds and the Vols are now 15 and 5. Of course, five, 3 of those losses came against top 5 teams in the country at that time early on in the season. And we're talking about Purdue, Kansas, right? Uh and, and I guess North Carolina was in was those that was the 3. That was. Yeah. Yeah, and and also um you know, there's been some movement in the top 25. Um, but la- uh, last night, Kentucky took it on the chin in Rupp Arena from Florida that's, that's in a tremendous game in a 94-91 to overtime victory by the Gators.
0: I've been saying that The SEC overall this year is much better than they have been in years past. I mean, you look at
1: Alabama last night.
0: They were down 17-2 to yeah. to start the game.
1: I was at a local – Watering hole with a friend of mine, and he he was in town from Georgia. He went to Georgia. He loves the Bulldogs, and he's still a little he's still a little crusty on the edges about the SEC championship game. And I was I was I was giving him a little hard time about it, and he was very excited about the Georgia Alabama game. Georgia's playing much better basketball now because in years past they haven't been very competitive. Let's they got in, a good coach in, in basketball.
0: They got Mark White from Florida.
1: So he gets the waitress to turn the TV on where we could see it closer to us. And we were talking and enjoying a beverage. And uh, we were just talking about the game in general. And I kept peeking up at, to watch the game. And Alabama's down 17-2 to two right off the bat. And I said – and I told my friend, I said, now this game's over. I mean, you can forget this. this is, you know, Georgia's got this. So we ordered a couple more beverages and some good wings, and we're having a good time. I know Catch, where you're at now. Catching up, catching up on some uh, old times. And I just kept kind of peeking up at the TV. Of course, they were down by 14 at halftime. Yeah. Alabama was. So the second half, I kept kind of peeking up, and Alabama get it 12, 10, 9, about 10 minutes to go. They shaved it down to about 8. About five minutes ago, they shaved it down to about six. And I thought to myself, holy crap. Tide has a, ca- Tide has a chance to come back. Next thing you know, Georgia went stone cold. Alabama took control and ended up winning by nine yeah. points. What was the spread? They scored 58. They scored 50, I think, Alabama by four. I'd have, to, I, I'd have to look that up. But – but uh they scored fifty eight in the second half, Alabama did. So they, they have this team has the potential um score a lot of points. Yeah. To score which has kind lot. of been what they day. were favored by six and a half.
0: Wow. I mean, just imagine you had a bet on Georgia. Throughout oh. the you know, the majority of the I mean, game you're sitting you know, thinking, I got this.
1: And then towards the end you're thinking, well, you know, I might – and if you're rooting for – we'll probably get beat, but we're, it looks like we're going to cover the six-and-a-half points that we're getting at home. <laughs> and then uh, Alabama wins 85-76. Um, they scored 161 points. Did not – it went under. Did not get the 166 there. So,
0: the total in the over-under was 166. Right. one sixty-one.
1: Now, the total in the Kentucky-Florida game last night was 170-and-a-half. Oh, wow. And Florida won 94-91 to in overtime. And – uh, in Calipari's press conference, he just, Calipari, manned up and said, you know what, the Gators are just a better team to, than we were tonight. There, there wasn't any, any any, BS one way or the other. I mean, he just said, and he said, you know what else? He said the SEC is full of good teams is what Calipari said. You got that He mentioned it. Tennessee. He mentioned South Carolina. He mentioned Georgia. He mentioned Alabama. He mentioned Mississippi State. I mean, he was really an off, you know. And the thing about it is, really in the top twenty-five. Uh, I don't know. We've got the Vols, got Kentucky ranked. Auburn, Auburn is about sixteen, and Alabama. Those and Alabama's at the very tail end, number twenty-four. Or South something, Carolina
0: maybe. should be ranked.
1: So, uh, Mark Sears for Alabama led all scores. Georgia and Alabama scores with 23 points, five rebounds, five assists, and uh, two turnovers, and he had four steals. That, that, that guy kind of does it all.
0: I mean, the best part of the game last night was uh, Chris Stewart's call for the Alabama radio network. He mentioned that former Alabama defense coordinator Kirby Smart was in the house.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, Vanderbilt. Gosh, what are we going to do about Vanderbilt, folks? Stackhouse is done. Jerry, love you. You're a sharp dresser. I know pimping is not easy, but it is necessary. (laughs) And I just want to tell you, brother, we appreciate you and and you've, you know. uh, But gosh dang, man, five and 15. When when one of Vanderbilt's strong suits in sports used to be basketball. I mean. I grew up in the Fear Fosness. I I grew up in the the F Troop days. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I I just don't know what's happened. The Memorial Gymnasium Magic has been lost. Uh, Big time. And, and, you know, you've got to get some players brought in and compete nowadays, and Vanderbilt's just not competing. Vanderbilt's next game is Saturday at home in Memorial – Against Missouri, I'm sure there'll be plenty of tickets to be gotten. Um, So, uh, they got beat at Auburn last night. 81-54. Not even competitive. Auburn, the line was, Auburn was like 18, 16, 18 points, covered it easily. Um, Other top 25 action from last night. We talked about Florida. Beating unranked Florida, beating Kentucky in Rupp Arena, ninety four ninety one in overtime. Number two, Purdue held on in overtime against unranked Northwestern, one hundred five to ninety six. Do you know? Remember Chris Collins? You, you, you.
0: I do at Duke was, now. Yeah, he was an assistant at Duke too. Didn't
1: he? Did he not play? Am I not thinking about the right? Did he play at the Bulls? Maybe. Did he, play, did he play with Michael Jordan? His
0: dad was the co- head coach for Jordan when he first got into the league.
1: Well, anyway, Northwestern's head coach, Chris Collins, was extremely upset last night at the officiating. And this is why. He got ejected. He waited until the last second shot by Northwestern in overtime. And after the shot went awry and the game was over at that point in overtime and Purdue was going to win. Collins came onto the court and went after one of the officials and got in his face, and immediately the officials ejected him, threw him from the game. Of course, the game was over. But this is what what Collins was upset about. Purdue shot 46 free throws last night in that game. I'm going to let you all guess how many free throws Northwestern shot for the entire game. Ten. Eight.
0: That's now, so, that's so. Now bad.
1: Collins and Collins said, I don't want he said, Collins said, I don't want to talk about officiating. I'm not going to talk about officiating. He said, but I, all my years in basketball and pro college Help peewee, City League, who knows? What else? He's never ever seen a box score like that as number two Purdue shot the ball from the line 46 times to Northwestern's eight. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake. Thank you for joining us. Give us a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hey, daddy. When you gonna stop
0: playing?
1: Yeah, chick, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big, big energy. Uh-huh. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. But I might let you try it. To-
0: This is Debbie Matthews with the National Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying, and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs. And I'm a good agent, so call me, Debbie Matthews with National Realty Group, 615-476-3224. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia,
1: Tennessee. Welcome back into the Front Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined in the studio by Clayton the Claw, the ever-knowing, all-seeing, claw and uh we're gonna talk right now you know there's a lot going on in Knoxville um uh, the the Vols took a hit the other night at home from South Carolina in basketball um but kind of the main thing on the on the stove right now that's cooking is the investigation and the allegations um from the NCAA committee of infractions uh, involving the University of Tennessee and their NIL deals, along with the Spire Group, that that I guess is—I—I I, I just assume that the Spire Group is contracted by the University of Tennessee to handle NIL deals for their athletes. Would you was that, would you say that's that's kind of what where we're, where we're at as far as the Spires Group unofficial connection to the university, but they're kind of contractually hired to do those oh, they're, they're NIL lo- deals. They're
0: located in Knoxville. So, yeah, I mean, you and okay. I both know people who are connected to that group. Right? Okay. And, you know, have helped that group. So. The,
1: the states – well, okay. The athletic director, Danny White, has come out with a statement today. Do you want to read that statement for us? I can. Uh,
0: it says the NCAA generally does not comment on infraction cases because there is a rule against it. However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend, uh, ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all across the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee uh, coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators did not find a single NIL violation, so they moved the goalposts to fit a premeditated outcome. They are stating that the nebulous contradictory NIL guidelines written by the NCAA, not the membership, Uh, don't matter, and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era, something that the NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective uh, student athletes, coaches, administrators across the country deserve better, and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda.
1: Wow! So Danny White is um, drawn a line in the sand.
0: Tennessee State Attorney General stuck his
1: spear into the stand, uh, the sand, whatever I mean, whatever you want to call it. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's come out and said. That uh, that he's not, that he's just not going to put up with the NCAA kind of having these vague, vague rules, uh, uh, and and kind of coming up with the rules as as we're moving along through the NIL process. Yeah, he
0: mentions moving the goalpost. I mean, that's a pretty hefty accusation uh, by AD Danny White. I mean, he's basically saying that. Okay, well, they investigated us. They didn't find an infraction, so they essentially changed the rules so they could nail us. That's what he's saying. If that's the case, this, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in court.
1: Well, the, attorney, the Tennessee State Attorney General, the AG, uh, has filed a lawsuit against the NCAA, and in that lawsuit he mentions UT investigation as an example of, quote, unlawful restriction of the NCAA's NIL policy, and it immediately drew support from Governor Bill Lee and other state officials. Um, Skermetti, the Attorney General, argues the NCAA violates federal antitrust laws by putting a, quote, shifting an opaque series of rules and guidelines around athletes' benefits for their name and image and likeness. Now, um... The states of Virginia and Tennessee are challenging the NCAA ban on using NIL in recruiting, which is what Scrimetti just referenced to, um, in a lawsuit in federal court on, well, it was filed yesterday. And since NIL legislation passed on July 1st of 2021, such benefits have not been permitted as recruiting inducements, but that but that line is more blurry than it is clear from the NCAA. Um, you know, and it, it kind of the Tennessee, okay, on Monday, the Tennessee University of Tennessee Chancellor Donde Plowman sent a letter to the NCAA president Charlie Baker criticizing what she called two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and guidance about name, image, and likeness, and said the organization talking about the NCAA. Is failing. The letter was sent concerning an investigation that came to light on Tuesday, and this is where they're calling in a private jet plane ride for Nico, um, Tennessee's high-profile quarterback. They reportedly got signed to an eight million dollar NIL deal. Um, that was that was talked about publicly by the head of the Spire Group. So uh, I don't think anything was really leaked there. People just used common sense to tie together after the Spire Group spent some uh, $15 million on NIL deals, and they mainly handle, for the most part, there in Knoxville, University of Tennessee athletes. They just kind of put two and two together and figured out some some athlete had gotten – Reportedly, an eight million dollar deal, and so they said well, it's got to be Nico. So, uh, but you can draw your own conclusions to that. Um, but common sense would probably tell you that it is Nico. Now, how serious are the? How serious are the investigations? <clears throat> You've got the University of Tennessee, everyone bashing and basically calling the NCAA a farce ridiculous unfair uh not even legitimate uh body to govern uh these nil policies that they're trying to enforce and 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 manufacture some rules for but they seem to be doing it kind of on the fly as they're going along and not giving universities any real guidelines to follow
0: you just got to wonder how much longer the NCAA can sustain itself. We've talked about that for years. At some point, the conferences are going to get together and say, we're done with you guys.
1: Well, you know, the Spire sports relationship with Vols recruits, including Iyama Liava, has been publicly, <clears throat> has been widely known publicly for over two years. Uh, stories have been published as far back as February two years ago. Uh, in which Spire's president boasted of spending millions on recruits, and another <clears throat> the next month about a five-star recruit, whom the internet quickly pieced together was Iama Liaba. Um, I mean, I mean, what but, I,
0: what I've heard though is possible postseason ban if they were to try to do something. My question would be that that would in the day. That's almost, to me, is as bad as anything you could do in today's society is, with, is, with the transfer portal. Because if a kid doesn't think they have an opportunity to play in the postseason,
1: he's going to leave. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of great ones just hopped out of the bowl. I mean, we saw that this past bowl season. You look at, well, I'm not you talking look, about bowl. I'm talking about the playoffs.
0: I'm talking about the new 12-team playoffs. So, you know. I mean, but, but I mean, but where I mean, has the investigation even begun? Is that that's the question? I mean, they're saying it's leaked. I read something earlier that said that they're not even, they're not even, they haven't even officially announced they're even conducting an investigation yet.
1: Well, Tennessee and Virginia are arguing that the NCAA can't open the spigots for athletes to earn NIL money, but still try to limit who they can discuss Nil deals with so in when one hand they're saying you know yeah you could you could do the Nil that's that's no problem but you can't you've got to sign with the university first basically and then do the Nil deal which is kind of you know uh, opposite of well I mean it goes on a lot of places but probably more in the south uh, have the baby after you get married. Right. That, no, Not before you get married. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, right, You don't, about, yeah. don't do it in reverse. But the NCAA is kind of asking you to do it in reverse. The, the NCAA is kind of asking you, have the baby first, then go get married. Or yeah. you, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, these lawsuits, they contend it's anti-competitive to deny recruits access to some of the primary bidders in the NIL free market. So what you're doing is, you're saying sign with Vols first, then work your NIL deal. And what the what the what the players are saying is, I want to see what I'm worth first before I sign with anybody. And the NCAA is saying that is in violation. And taking them on jet rides across them and their family across the country, and putting on a five star, uh, recruiting trip in Knoxville, is against before before you sign, before he signed with Tennessee, is illegal. Uh, so, you know, I mean, everybody could draw their own conclusions here. I mean, we, we're we kind of thinking, ultimately, we might not see it in our lifetime. I might not see it in mine. You might see it towards the end of yours, Clayton. You're much younger than I am. But we might see that, that college athletics no longer has anything to do with the NCAA.
0: I agree. I think it's going to happen at some point.
1: I mean, the NCAA stayed worse. the NCAA stayed relevant by basically being this policing unit, right? Uh, the uh, IRS agents of college athletics, let's say, and kind of putting the fear of God anybody, sending, hearing rumors about misdoings at certain universities, and sending a few. NCAA investigators on campus that are seen on campus
0: I mean the thing about the NCAA is they're so inconsistent on their rulings you look at North Carolina basketball about a decade ago Roy Williams they had just won a national championship it comes out they were, they were their grades were be, were being given to them number one they had just taken Louisville's National Championship away in 2013, they didn't touch North Carolina's until 2014, and it was basically just slap on the wrist. But yet you look at the way they they, you know, target other schools, and it's always the same ones. For example, Ohio State, they always get a slap on the wrist, and I, I truly believe that has to do with their connection with the NCAA. Right? I think I think that that's that plays a big factor in it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's believe me, you and I know as Alabama fans, it is not fun. And I, when, the, when the NCAA no, is around it's your door. No, it's not
1: fun at all. And I was discussing with a good friend of mine that's a Tennessee fan earlier before he came on the air. Look, you know, let, and I want Tennessee fans to remember this, and Alabama fans. Back in the late 90s, yep. a head coach of the University of Tennessee football program did his damnedest. Went as far as recorded conversations with a – with a basically cooperative-type informant witness in a Chattanooga hotel room and turned eight hours of those recorded tapes over to the NCAA in order to take Alabama down.
0: And don't forget about the faxes to uh, who he referenced to Coach Kramer, uh, the commissioner of the SEC at the time, either.
1: So – uh, Alabama went through a very tough time there in the late 90s, early 2000s. They had a coach in place that once the sanctions came down, uh, Francis, Dennis Franchione left Alabama, went to coach at A&M, and they got some hot water over there. And Alabama's program um,
0: – They hired
1: Bambi. Yeah. They lost. They lost twenty five scholarships over four years. Yeah. I mean, it was not fun. I know it's not fun for Tennessee either. Tennessee right now is under probation from Jerry Jeremy Pruitt's uh, mis misdoings with cash and Chick fil A bags <laughs> at Tennessee. And I understand. I understand the argument. Everyone does it. I understand it, but. You know, if everyone does it, then everyone needs to be put under the microscope and needs to be punished, like Tennessee is being punished. And the thing about Tennessee right now is that they're under they are under NCAA probation sanctions, which
0: makes this offense a potential offense
1: and this bad. And then on top of that, you've got Tennessee officials, including the attorney general of the state of Tennessee. That are backing the University of Tennessee officials and just basically thumbing their nose at the NCAA, calling them crooked, incompetent, ridiculous, silly. I haven't heard witch hunt yet. I haven't I haven't heard I heard the term witch hunt, but I'm sure it's coming. You know, that that tends to be a hot button word, you know, the hot word, witch hunt, you know. So it's interesting to see Um, it's interesting to see, you know, and, and, and for people to think and for including Tennessee fans and other college fans to think that going under this type of microscope through by the NCAA is no big deal. And it's not a big deal to, to you're under the microscope. I mean, to, it's your school. Till it's and and it's and it's not. It doesn't make you proud. It doesn't make Tennessee fans proud to hear about the mis, misdoings of Jeremy Pruitt and that bunch. They got caught red handed at, lied to NCAA investigators about. Just made compounded things and made it worse. But the thing about it is, is that times are changing in. NCAA college football. There needs to be some true guidance, and I'm not sure that the NCAA really knows how to navigate this because their one big ace in the hole all these years has been you can't pay college athletes cold cash money to play, and NIL deals in today's world. That's basically what they do. Well, and- I mean that's and and you know and then when they then win. The students, the NIL deals are approved through the NCAA. Then they go back and the schools work with the students, work with the NIL deals, work with the Spire Group, all in concert, get a deal together for a five-star recruit like Nico, and then the NCAA goes back and starts cherry-picking out violations that they don't like, that the, the hurdles that. They thought the University of Tennessee didn't quite jump over. They went under instead of jumping over and cheating a little bit on them, you know. And so I, I get the frustration from Tennessee fans. I get the anger. But I tell you what, nobody was more angry about what went on in the late 90s, 2000s at the University of Alabama when the NCAA, did they the lawyers that represented Alabama, at the hearings for the sanctions back in 2000, 2001, 2, whenever it was. They they filed a, I don't know, six hundred a, a huge brief, chronolo- putting in chronological order everything, all and answering to all the violations, admitting to some, not admitting to others. Gave it to the NCAA Sanctions Committee. They didn't even read it. They sent it back to Alabama. Their minds unop- were already made up. They, they sent it back to Alabama unopened. They didn't even read the brief where Alabama defended themselves and their actions, didn't even care to read it. And so at that point, I soured on the NCAA. And, and to look back, if you want to look up something, look up how Jerry Tarkanian was treated by the NCAA yeah. at UNLV. Now, I know there's some stuff going on. Tarkanian wasn't squeaky clean. But look, there's a documentary on it, tremendously in, in, entertaining, interesting on how the NCAA basically railroaded Tarcanian out of Las Vegas, and he ended up at Fresno State or San Francisco Dons or wherever the hell he was at. So, or San Diego State, whatever it was. But, but, but I mean, I'm, all I've got to t- all I got to say is the NCAA needs to get their proverbial you know what together, get some guidelines out there, and don't allow, don't retro, retro act or retro li, re, li act to things universities do after you've approved that they could do. I mean, that's basically kind of
0: it's changing the rules in the middle of the process. I mean, and, and for people out there listening that we're talking about, the, you know, you, you just brought up Alabama back in the early two thousands, late nineties, you know, there was a murder or an alleged murder that took place in Memphis Alabama booster Logan Young, if you remember that name, was accused of paying Albert Means somewhere around $250,000, $300,000 in cash. And apparently it was put in a paper bag under a bridge somewhere down towards Memphis. Means ended up signing with Alabama. Uh, Logan Young, however, during this whole thing with Fulmer, the NCAA, the police show up to his house and find him dead. They found blood in every room of the house. They called – the exact words from Shelby or the Memphis police was gruesome homicide. Two days later so – Said he fell down the stairs. Said so he fell going up the stairs. Hmm. How and you, then it just happened to – How do you bl- kill yourself going up the stairs? It, exactly. It, it, a lot of people don't realize uh, there was another gentleman in Memphis that was fr- used to be friends with Logan Young by the name of uh, – uh, he went by 10 stud online. Mr. Roy Adams, Mr. Adams was a disassociated booster from the university of Tennessee, but he was still I invo- actually went to his house once to a party. And, uh, this man, uh, was a former minority owner, uh, along with Logan Young with the, uh, what was the, the USFL team in Memphis, the state, uh, the uh, Reggie white played for him. Um, the Memphis, uh, steamboats. Yeah. Showboats, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But people don't. Showboat. Yeah. People don't realize, though, uh, something about, you know, particularly in the SEC, how passionate and how crazy things can get when it comes to football. And something I've noticed today and I've noticed uh, for the last couple of weeks and months is the Alabama Tennessee rivalry is still one of the best ever. Absolutely. And I'm I'm thankful that the SEC's keeping that game uh, because. As someone that suffered through seven years in a row of losses in the 90s, and, of course, we had our streak with Saban, it's a great series. And it's the two winningest teams in the conference. And, um, you know, Tennessee's going You know – we'll see what happens. A lot to be done. A lot's going to be worked out in court. But uh, there's a lot of anxiety amongst the Vol Nation. And I understand. I
1: get it. Uh, And we just got news on the passing of Florida State Seminoles legend, Mike Martin, Jr., Baseball oh, wow. coach, he was yeah. eighty years old, and uh, if we know anybody, in, I'm old enough to remember uh, uh, how what a powerful uh, program, baseball program, Florida State has, and uh, Mike Martin Jr. will be sorely missed as we just found out he passed away. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Take our second break. We'll be right back. I can't even buy your flowers, 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 but-
0: This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
1: And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Thank you for joining us on this first day of February. And tomorrow is Bill Murray Day. Right, it's Groundhog's Day. Have yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's a great movie, but fantastic. Uh, movie. Oh, it's just yeah. tremendous. So, um, I'm sure. I wonder how many times that that movie is pulled back up or bought uh, online, or people would watch Groundhog's Day on Groundhog. I mean, it's just like Christmas movies. It's it's watched at Christmas. I mean, it's. They you know what make, I mean?
0: They don't make movies like that anymore. Top
1: Gun, watch it 4th of July. You know,
0: they're, they're, they're making a third one. Top Gun? They just announced uh, Tom Cruise. There you go. Uh, basically, most of the cast from the last one. And I don't blame them. As much money as it made. And it was an awesome movie.
1: Well, I mean, you know you know about movie sequels. They just keep making them until they don't make any more money. But then, you, they quit, then they quit making them. I mean, you got to
0: admit, though, that second Top Gun
1: was great it was I don't you know it's I'm, up there with the I'm first still one. an original type guy I still I still kind of feel if if it's good enough to make a, a second movie of or a sequel of I kind of feel like the first one is the standard by which all the others are kind of done and made now this Film, this era of this generation technology too this generation might enjoy. The newer technology, the newer updated plane, ships, I, I max whatever. cameras in the
0: planes. Yeah. Right, and
1: so you know you enjoy that more as as a younger person. watching Top Gun now, and you might say, that, and your dad will say, "Well, I like the first one." And then the son turns to the dad, go, "There's a first. What do you mean the first? One? Yeah, exactly. You know what are you talking about? The first one. I, you, I know what don't you know regret the regret first it? one? You know this is gr- this is Top Gun. And he goes, no, 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 no. What about Tom Cruise though? He, the
0: man doesn't age. No, it's and he, and he does a
1: buttload of his own uh, stunts.
0: stunts. I mean, a bunch of them. I mean, he drove a motorcycle off a cliff. I think they said like nine, ten times with a parachute strapped to his back. And for a Mission Impossible. Movie. And
1: one of those Mission Impossible movies, I think it was, he's hanging off the side of a of an airplane as it's taking off. Correct. And he is literally hanging outside. Of course, they've got him strapped into harnesses and everything else, and pulling the bag. But he, they have shots of him, and that is not. Com- uh, CGI uh-huh. stuff. That is that is him hanging on to the side of this plane as it is literally taking, taking off. off
0: and and just rides it as it flies. It's pretty a, cool
1: stuff. Yeah, Nitto. for a
0: guy that's 60, 61 years old, that's just unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. Well, the Predators have lost three straight. You guys, maybe they could use Tom Cruise. You know. Did
0: Edmonton win? By the
1: way, um, did they break the record? You know, that might be tonight. I need to go back and look at that. That might be... Let me go back to...
0: Well, I know... I think the record was, what, 17
1: in a row. The record is 17 set by the Pittsburgh Penguins. 17 consecutive wins and... Let's see how far I have to go back. Yeah, their
0: last game was against the Predators, a 4-1 to one win.
1: Um, I'm so trying we, to find out if they did it or not. Anyway, yeah, to get the 16 wins, they beat the Predators last Saturday, right? Correct. 4-1. On, to one. On the 27th. They play
0: February. Man, they got a break. They play well, the Feb- All-Star
1: break comes oh, up. okay. If so they, I think, l- from what I look, what I am looking at, they got like most of the uh, NHL. They've got All Star Weekend coming up. There's, they're now officially on the break. They've got this All Star Weekend and won't go back into action until, un- the, until, until
0: the Tuesday, February sixth in Vegas.
1: Yes, that's right. Nine o'clock they will play their seventeenth to try to win their seventeenth game in a row. And tie the Pittsburgh Penguins NHL record. That's a lot of hockey games to win in a row. That's a lot of any type of game. That's a lot of Tiddlywink games to to win or what row? Especially hockey, talk games or poker games or whatever you want to do. But anyway, last night the Preds lost to the L.A. Kings, and that L.A. does not stand for Lower Alabama. They don't. I. Uh, there's. I would. I'm gonna go out on a limb and venture to say there's not much ice skating or hockey going on in lower Alabama. The L.A. is for the Los Angeles Kings, and they were in Smashville last night. And the Predators, again, didn't score anything in the first two periods. They kind of have a hit, and then they they scored two in the third, but they were already down 2-0 after two periods. They They can't get out ahead of their opponent and play the kind of winning hockey they want to. They have to play catch-up, um, and they're going to have to correct that. Uh, they now are in fifth place in the uh, Central Division of the Western Conference and uh, with a record of 26-23-2, and after their next game will be the Saturday before Super Bowl, which is a week from this coming Saturday in Smashville versus the Arizona Coyotes, who aren't really very good, and they can hopefully get back on a winning track against the Coyotes. Um, Okay, some local news, folks. And then you folks around Murray County, Columbia area, or even the outskirts. Whitthorn Middle School is on a quest to get to the state championship. Tonight, they play at 545 at Stewart's Creek, against Spring Station Middle School, who's just up the road, uh, Thompson Station, Spring Hill area, 545.
0: On WKRM. There you go. This has been the Front
1: Sports Radio Hour. For The Claw, I'm Drake. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Four o'clock.